You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. We're continuing our series here on Colossians, and you know, you think about dreams, right? The dreams we have, man, are just a barrel of lies, aren't they at night? Like when we're sleeping, the things that we're thinking about, and oh my gosh, uh, Kelly woke up years ago and she heard this rustling in the room, middle of the night. She's like, what's happening right now? And she looks over and I had pulled our comforter off of our bed for the most part. And I was draping it over the treadmill on the, like a few feet away. And it was draped between the treadmill and the side of the bed. And she's like, Doug, what are you doing? And apparently I said back very like condescendingly, like making a tent, like what do you think I'm doing? What else could I possibly be doing? You know, I don't know what I was dreaming about or what I was thinking, but I was somewhere else. I remember being a kid and having a dream, probably four or five years old, that I was Spider-Man. I remember so vividly climbing on the walls, climbing on the ceiling, and I can still feel the disappointment of waking up and realizing that I was not Spider-Man. I have this reoccurring dream to this day that our family lives in this enormous house, and there's like three fireplaces, and you go into the backyard, and there's a pool and behind the pool is another pool and behind that pool is the ocean and then I wake up in my poolless oceanless house and I shake my fist at these lies right what do you do with the lies that hit your mind I mean forget dreaming what about just real life the lies that end up hitting us in our minds well in in Colossians Paul addresses this he talks about what to do when those lies and those mindsets and those things begin to hit our minds and so we're going to see here today some really helpful things that Paul has to say about those battles that we have in our minds but just to remind you where we've been in week one we talked about prayer Paul had this prayer emphasis he was wrestling in prayer and he talked about Epaphras who wrestled in prayer and so we talked about getting serious about prayer in 2023 we talked about praying a specific theme this kind of prayer oh god would your will be known and done god i pray that we will know your will and do your will god i pray for my kids i pray for that person in my life i pray for my boss my friend my coworker, my neighbor my parent my child god that they would know your will and do your will and we saw in week one that praying that for people paul believed would empower all the rest of their life like all the other things that we need it comes out of that prayer and so i encourage you to be praying that for yourself for our church and for those in your life this year then kelly did an amazing job last week talking about jesus she talked about how jesus is preeminent and he is supreme and she encouraged us to hold fast to jesus to cling to jesus and i want to talk with you today about those battles we have in our minds those lies that assault our minds so let me give you some examples of some of the lies that assault our minds one of them is God has left me in my suffering some of you are feeling that right here and right now today God has left me in my suffering some of you are are, are wrestling with this lie right now there's nothing special about church I had some conflict there was some disagreement I got hurt and I'm thinking I'm just gonna run I think another one is I'm alone and God has just abandoned me. I'm just alone. I'm by myself. I don't have him. I don't have anybody. I'm just alone, and God has abandoned me. I think some of us are thinking maybe somebody besides Jesus has the answers that I need. 
And maybe I should be looking somewhere else. I, I tried Jesus out for a bit, or I've walked with Jesus my whole life, or my parents have told me I should trust Jesus, but maybe I'm going to look somewhere else for a bit. I think some of us maybe say, my faith has been challenged, and I'm just ready to kind of walk away from it all. I've gone through something, and, and my faith has really been put into question. Maybe somebody brought up an argument or an objection, and I don't know what to do with it. I'm just kind of thinking of walking away. Maybe you're wondering, do I just start to adopt the mindsets of the culture around me? I mean, you know, more and more there's different things being said about pretty much everything that oppose God, and, and maybe I should just start to kind of buy into some of that. Today, I want us to look at what Paul has to say about this, and this is so important because I'm just telling you the lies that assault our minds are trying to take us out. They're trying to destroy our faith, our relationship with Jesus, our relationships with one another, and so it's so important that we hear what Paul has to say today. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, we are so glad you're here, and maybe some of the questions or the thought processes that I've brought up already today are some of the things that you're struggling with and working through. And I pray that you'll, right along with us, see what the answers are for those mindsets. And maybe you'll see today a really clear picture of the forgiveness and the grace of God. So everybody say Colossians. This is the book that we're in. This is the letter that we're in. Paul wrote this letter to the people of Colossae, and it was this beautiful, it said to, at the time, have been this beautiful place, this beautiful place. Everybody knew Colossae was this gorgeous place in the Lycus Valley in the Roman province of Asia. And so let's jump into Colossians 124. We're going to pick up right where Kelly left off last week. Paul says, now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. Now, that's a loaded verse. And Kelly said last week, man, she got on her knees and prayed because the theme she tackled last week was huge. And that's just true of the book of Colossians. It's just a big book with some big themes. And so I'm just praying God will help us break this down today because this is pretty loaded right up front. It's even a little bit confusing, to be honest. Paul talks about he's filling up in his flesh the afflictions of Christ, right? Now, what does that mean? Well, it probably definitely means that Paul was experiencing some of the very same things that Christ experienced, imprisonment, beatings, whippings, right, uh, being mocked and humiliated. But there are some theologians that take it further, and I just think this is so beautiful, and I think we need to hear this today. See, there are some theologians that talk about how it's interesting that Paul says that there are Christ's sufferings there in that verse, Christ's afflictions. Well, what does that mean? Well, what they say is, is that Paul was saying, Christ is so in me and with me that when I suffer, he suffers. That my afflictions are his afflictions. That when I'm going through something difficult and I feel like Jesus has abandoned me in my suffering and pain, oh, no, 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 he is right there with me. That's why he says Christ's afflictions. And he doesn't say, I suffer my own afflictions. He says, no, I'm suffering Christ's afflictions. Yes, there's some of the afflictions Christ suffered, but also Christ is so with me right here in the midst of it, feeling what I feel, that I can call them Christ's afflictions because they're as much his as they are mine. You're here today, and the lie that's assaulting your mind is Christ has left you in your afflictions. God has abandoned you in your afflictions. Know today, whatever you are feeling, he is feeling. Whatever you are suffering, he is suffering too. 
Because that's the lie that many of us believe. God's abandoned me in my suffering. And we shake our fists at God and go, how can you let me go through this and recognize today? Oh, man, please recognize this. You're not just going through this. He is going through this with you. There's not one heartbreak in this place today that Christ is not also feeling. There's not one struggle in this place that Christ is not also that is weighing on him. And he is walking through it so with you. Paul talks about this suffering. And he understands it. And Jesus is walking right there in the midst of the most ugly of it, in the most disgusting of it, in the most painful of it. Christ is with you. So if that's the lie that it's assaulting your mind, that God has abandoned you in your suffering, no, no, no. You cling to the truth today, that he's feeling all that you feel. Paul goes on and he says in that same verse that he suffers for the church that he suffers for the church. And, and when I say he suffers for the church, I'm not talking about the religious establishment of the church. I'm talking about the people of God, right? The people, you and I. And Paul suffered for the people of God. And some of us have this lie assaulting our mind right now, and it's this. There's nothing all that special about church. I've been hurt. I've disagreed. I've struggled. And I'm thinking of walking away. And I just want you to see how imp- important and special the church is that Paul would suffer for it, that Christ died for it. Like what we have right here today, this beautiful thing called church and being together and celebrating and worship and praying and, and laughing together and eating some food later and praying for one another, like all of that is because Christ suffered to make this right here possible. We don't walk away from this. No, we cling to what God's done here. We cling to one another, even in the midst of it. We work through uh, hurt and pain and disappointment and disagreement. We we fight through all of that because Paul says, I suffered greatly for this and Christ died for this. Why is this so special? We're going to keep going. In verse 25, Paul says, I've become its servant. I've become the servant of the people of God, the church. And he goes on, he says, I've I've become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery, everybody say mystery. There's a mystery we're going to talk about here today. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. He's saying, I'm about to tell you about a mystery that no one's understood before, Paul is saying. And he says, God commissioned me to to serve the church and to suffer for the church. And Jesus died for the church so that this mystery could be revealed. And then he tells us what the mystery is. And again, the way it's phrased is a little bit heavy here. It's a little confusing. It's heady, all right? But let's fight through it and find what he's saying. He says, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. So he says, there's this mystery. And here is what it is, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery. The mystery is Jesus alive in you and me. Okay, so everybody say the Jews. We know throughout the Old Testament the Jews were God's people. He had a special relationship with the Jews, right? Everybody say the Gentiles. The Gentiles were the non-Jews, all right? And God had been gracious to the Jews in a special way through the whole Old Testament, right? He calls them his people. And even though they experienced him in amazing ways, And there were times that God's spirit was on the people. God was never in the people, okay? So he was with the Jews, and at times he was on the Jews, like guys like David. There were times the spirit of God was on David. And there were times he was on them. He was never in them. He never dwelled in them. Everybody say Gentiles. 
the Gentiles didn't have God with them, in them, or on them. And so there's this mystery, Paul saying, but here's something mind-blowing. You see, God now dwells in you, Jew and Gentile. You see, the Jews were reached by people like Matthew and John and Peter, but Paul went to the Gentiles. And so the Jews and the Gentiles hated each other. Okay, we got a lot of passionate sports fans here in the place, right? I know this about many of you guys. And I know that we have rivals. Like we think of other teams as our rivals because we love our team so much. Would you go ahead and just yell out a few of your team rivals? Go ahead, yell it out. Eagles, that's a, that's a fresh one. That's a fresh one, I know. For many Giants fans here today. Yankees, somebody said? Oh, man, who else we got? Islanders, Cowboys, who else we got? All right, so you're all afraid to say Mets because you know, right? I've never publicly excommunicated someone from the church, but there's a first time for everything, all right? So, right, there's lots of different rivals. Now, I want you to take it a step further. Think about the person on your rival's team, that one guy. Like, don't worry about the team now. Worry about the person, there's someone on your rival's team you can't stand. They are your enemy. When they come on the screen, you're throwing stuff, you're looking away, like you can't even handle, right? Like imagine your team or that person on your rival's team being shown grace or something good. That gets you, man. Well, they win MVP, right? They, they, they go to the World Series, MVP of the World Series, or they make the final catch in the Super Bowl and they spike it and you're just so angry it was them. Okay, let's take it a step further. Let's think about somebody who kind of feels like an enemy to us personally, okay? Someone who hurt us, somebody who wronged us. Imagine them being shown grace that they don't deserve, okay? That feeling you have in your stomach right now is how the Jews felt about the Gentiles. No way God's going to show the Gentiles grace. No way God's going to show them grace. And the Gentiles hated the Jews. There was this battle between them. And here is Paul telling us this amazing news. And now in 2023, I get to stand here and look at all of you, whether you're Jewish in, in background or Gentile in background, everybody, we've got some great news. An amazing mystery can be revealed to you and I today. If you didn't know it already or if you needed the reminder, Christ is in you the hope of glory. Christ is in you the hope of glory. Because some of the lie that assaults our mind is that God has forsaken us. He's abandoned us. No. He's with you. That's why when we suffer, we can know that Christ is feeling all that we're feeling. Christ's afflictions Paul was carrying. Christ is walking with you through your afflictions. Those things that you feel that he's abandoned, he's missed out on, that he hasn't seen, he's so with you. It goes on. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Guys, the church is special I'm not talking about the institution. I'm not saying it's special or important, kind of like rock star important. We've seen how rock star churches go and crumble, haven't we, right? No, no, no. 
what we're doing right here is so beautiful. And Paul says, man, with every ounce of energy I have within me, I am contending for this to keep happening, for the people of God to keep growing and knowing that God is with them and in them and that there's unity and togetherness because of Jesus. I'll have a desire for your relationship with him to run deep. And he goes on, he says, I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. So Laodicea was about 11 miles from Colossae. And Paul says, just so you Colossians know, I'm not just contending for you, church, your little church in Colossae. I'm contending for the Laodiceans. And, and Paul was over all these churches, right? And he has this heart that we would not fall prey to the laws, lies that assault our mind but that we'd be built up and strong and mature in him. He goes on, he says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. There it is again, this is important. What we do together is important. Church is important. Coming together and accomplishing things out in the community is important. He says, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. Paul's got this desire for this church. And then he goes on, in whom? He just brought up Jesus, okay? He says, in whom? In other words, in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Okay, so some of us, the lie that's assaulting our mind today is, maybe I need to go look, find if anybody else has an answer for me. Maybe I need to go look and see if somebody besides Jesus can lead me to some wisdom and some knowledge. I've tried him out. I've, I've dipped my toe in the pool, so to speak. But, but maybe it's time to go somewhere else. Or maybe I've walked with Jesus my whole life, and there's this like temptation, this pulling culture right now. Like, eh, go, go do it a different way, right? Go do it your own way. Go do it somebody else's way. Uh, there's these whispers in our ears all over the place. Look somewhere else. And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. In Jesus are all wisdom in knowledge. He goes on. I tell you this truth in Colossians 2.4. He says, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. And we're really getting to the heart of Colossians now. Colossians was written to protect us from going off the rails. It was written to the Colossian church to say, don't be deceived. Don't be led astray. Don't allow those whispers. Don't allow those lies that assault our minds to distract us or steal us away or confuse us or manipulate us. No, 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 no. We're going to keep on focusing on Jesus. We're going to keep on being the church. We're going to keep on clinging to the truth of God's word. And next week, we're going to jump into some false teachings that we can find out there on, on good old YouTube world. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to talk about some of those popular things that are kind of popping up all over the place, trying to lead us astray, trying to get us off track, trying to get us looking different places. And we're going to address some of those things head on because the truth is these lies are trying to assault our minds and man, they're trying to kill our faith, kill our relationship with Jesus, and destroy this beautiful thing God's put together called the church. We can't let it happen. Paul says, I contend for you. I fight for you. He says, for though I'm absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So he's encouraging them. And he says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted, built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Paul's saying, stay rooted. I love that phrase. He says, live your life in him, in him, not apart from him, not for, even just for him, but in him, which means now I'm empowered by God. I'm not just trying to live for God. I'm also power, empowered by God because I'm living in him and his life is flowing through me. Live in him. 
Don't get distracted. Don't let those lies take you out. Don't believe you're alone. Don't believe he's forsaking you. Don't believe what we're doing here today doesn't matter. And don't believe that there's answers somewhere else besides Jesus. I love this thought that when our faith is challenged, we can stand firm. We don't have to walk away. Some of us today, that's the whisper in our ear. Walk away from all this. Walk away from it. Where's it gotten you, right? And, and the enemy is going to point out pain or discouraging things we've been through or someone that hurt us. Paul says, stay rooted. Stay strong. When it comes to those mindsets, man, you fight for what is true. You know that worldviews change all the time, right? Philosophies change all the time. I just heard on a podcast a few weeks ago that coffee is like the best thing in the world for you. Is that funny? Because I think like last year, it was going to kill you, right? And the year before, it was the best thing in the world for you. Now, I don't drink coffee. I don't like the taste of it. I love the smell of it. So my wife's drinking it, and I'm like hovering over her cup, and she's like, get away from my coffee. You know? But I will tell you, man, as the research keeps going, if they find out like a cure for baldness, I'm in on the coffee train, okay? Like I'm, I'm all in on that. But isn't it crazy how philosophies come and go and mindsets come and go? Somebody once said, emotions start to sway, but truth won't fade away. And I'm telling you, 2023, church, we got to dig our teeth into, right? Sink our teeth into what is truth, not just what we feel. I mean, our emotions are like all over the map sometimes, aren't they? I mean, we even see that in the scriptures. David, all over the map. You know, I recently heard somebody say that if there had been Prozac in David's day, we wouldn't have had the Psalms, you know, because he was just all over the place. And that is so us sometimes. Just so up, then so down, then so up, then so down. God's good. God, where are you? God, you're great. God, you don't even have me. You don't even see me. You don't even want me. I love church. Man, I got hurt. Jesus, maybe there's another way. Doubt's starting to creep in. No, 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 I'm, a, I'm all for him, right? Like, we're just, man, we, we need something bigger than ourselves. And Colossians, this is what it was written for, that Paul to keep saying, Look, there's a lot, a whole lot of stuff trying to come in and distract and, and pull you away from what is truth and what is concrete. You stay rooted. You live in him. You don't disconnect from him. Let Jesus be your power source and let him be your compass and let the word of God continue to guide you toward truth. We so need it. It goes on. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. There were lies being spread about to the Colossian and Laodicean churches. And it talks about how you know, there were these elemental spiritual forces. Well, what's that about? Likely the teachings of the religious leaders of that day, which was all about legalism. We're going to get into that next week and mysticism. And, and it was all about human stuff, like what you could do. We're going to really tackle that next week. But Paul says, no, don't, don't, let, don't let that be led astray. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, we're really going to get into some warning signs next week for when you're being led astray. Again, there's so much info out there now. You can find anything on YouTube. You can find all these different thoughts and books. And every, download this PDF and learn about all this stuff. And, and we're gonna, I'm going to give you some warning signs next week for when you're on your way down a rabbit hole. That's not going to end good, okay? But Paul says, often... We find ourselves chasing things 
that at the end of the day don't really matter and certainly aren't going to enhance our relationship with Jesus. We got to be so careful. This is why coming together like this matters. This is why community matters. I need people in my life who can look at me if I'm getting off base and go, Doug, you are off base. Not one of us is above being deceived, right? Not one of us, including me. We all have to be so careful and guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, right? And keep praying, God, your will be known and done. Because so much is trying to take us out. Those mindsets, right? The, lie, the last lie we'll look at today, some of us are just going, you know, these mindsets that are all around, trying to creep in. Maybe some of us have already allowed some of them to kind of creep in. Just what culture is saying is louder than what God is saying lately for us. Maybe some of that, maybe a little heads up here, like, are we ingesting as much of God as we are of culture? Wow, that's a question, right? Like, maybe part of the reason we're being swept away or, or, or we're struggling with what is truth and what is not because we're ingesting a minute of the word of God in a day and 40 you know, 40, oh, there's not 40 hours in a day, but sometimes it feels like it, right? Like a minute of God and then just the rest is like all oh, social media and YouTube and TV and this news channel, that news channel and that person and school and work and your parents always have that channel on, and, right? And it's like maybe we're drowning in all of that. How, how can we in, know the truth if we're ingesting so little of God and so much of everything else? Maybe 2023 is a year to, to swap that. Oh, God, that, that I would ingest your truths and that that other stuff would be way less. I just heard a preacher say yesterday as I was listening to a podcast that it, it's his goal that the first, the first word of the day and the last word of the day belong to God, right? Like the, the first thing he hears is not his phone, not scrolling on in bed, right? Or at, late at night falling asleep to the scrolling again. But God, first thing, last thing. Your word, starting the day and ending the day. I love what it says next. It says, for in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you've been brought to fullness. He's the head over every power and authority. And this is huge, because one of the mindsets that was trying to creep in for the Colossians is that Jesus was just a human, that there was no deity in him. He was not God as he walked on earth. And Paul is saying, I just want to let it be known loud and clear, in Christ, all the fullness of deity, all the fullness of God lives in bodily form. And you and I have different things coming at us, and we're going to get into some specifics next week, but different thought processes, different you know, rabbit holes that we begin to run down and fall into that, that lead us to bad places and far away from Jesus that we need to be so careful of. And, and just like the Colossians had lies in their day, we've got a ton coming at us in our day then he says in him in jesus you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands he's talking about the jews had all these religious laws and circumcision was one of their ritualistic laws and see the beautiful thing is jesus when we have a relationship with him it's it's different he circumcises our heart it's not about the physical body thing he changes our whole heart your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by christ having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And he just used an illustration that we use all the time. When we do baptisms here at church, I say that almost every single time, that Jesus going down into the grave is like you and I identifying with his death. Okay, Jesus was put to death 
the old me is about to die. We're going to really jump into that next week. What does it mean that there's an old you and a new you now alive? We're going to jump into that next week. But there's this picture of Jesus in the grave, us going down into the water, the old us, right? And Jesus rising back from the dead and this new us, it's a picture of what God does inside of us. Baptism doesn't save us, but it's something saved people do to identify with Jesus and what he's done. It's this beautiful reminder of the life that God has given us. Now listen, if you are a follower of Jesus, read the next few verses with me. If you are not a follower of Jesus, please, please, please read the next few verses with me. I want to talk about forgiveness and I want to talk about grace and what it means that Jesus has given us this. You ready? When you were dead in your sins... And in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. We were completely lost in our sin. I think so often we like to think that we were really in a good place. We were on a good path, and we were pretty close to where we need to be, and Jesus just kind of gave us a little hoist up into salvation, right? Let me give you a little hoist. You know, just throw your foot in there. You're so close. Let me just hoist you up a little bit. And what Paul is reminding us is, oh, no, we were dead in our sins. The scriptures say we were God's enemy, but God made us alive in Christ then. And then it says this, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. What does forgiveness look like? What does it mean to be saved by God? It is when legitimate charges against us are canceled. So when I was probably about 10 years old, our family was on vacation. We did road trips back on the day in the old blue station wagon. And we're on this road trip out in the middle of nowhere. We're hours from home. We stopped for gas and food. And back in the 80s, buttons were it. Buttons were cool. You would buy buttons, and you'd put them on your jean jacket, and you'd have just hundreds of buttons all over you. And it would be like your favorite bands. It would be your sports teams. It would be like Cowabunga Dude and Rad and all these different 80s sayings. It was amazing. And so I'm in this little store off the gas station, and I'm trying buttons on, right? And then I'm like, oh, let me check out some skateboarding magazines. I'm looking at the skateboarding magazines. And then my dad's like, all right, let's get back on the road. I put the skateboard magazines down. I I get in the car and we take off. An hour later, I realized that some of the buttons I had tried on are still on my jean jacket. Guys, this is the 80s. There's no Google Maps to find out the name of the store. We were just at to call them. And my dad go, my son's an idiot, right? Venmo, can we Venmo you the money? My dad has to turn the car around and drive an hour back and I go shaking into this store with these stolen buttons on my jacket and tell them, I'm so sorry, I had these on my jacket and I didn't realize, guys, they have a legal charge against me, don't they? You know what they did? They slapped cuffs on me. No, I'm kidding, they didn't. You know what they did? Oh, it's okay. Just give us the buttons back, it's okay, right? Talk about a legal charge cancel. Listen to me, buttons on a 10-year-old or nothing, but the weight of our sin, piling up the brokenness of our lives and the decisions we have made and will make, huge. Jesus canceled those charges, and he didn't just cancel them like the shop owners did by saying, it's okay. Jesus couldn't do that because he's just and he's righteous, and so he couldn't just look at sin and be like, it's okay. No, it cost him his life. And that's why it says that he was put up on this cross and that he took away 
those charges, nailing them to the cross. And it goes on here, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Amen? No amens. Wow, I guess we don't really care about... No, I'm kidding. Guys, we got to be excited about this. Like the, the charges that were coming against you and me have been destroyed. And, and I love that it says Jesus made a public spectacle over the powers and authorities that thought they had won, right? And so Jesus is nailed to the cross, and now the enemy is rejoicing, thinking he's won. Meanwhile, along with Jesus nailed to the cross was all of our sin. Now canceled with a risen Savior, back alive again. What are we seeing here today? When lies assault your mind, cling to the truth. When lies assault your mind, cling to the truth. Well, Jesus has forsaken me in my suffering. No. He feels every ounce of it because he's in you. Well, this church thing isn't really so special. I've been hurt or disagreed, and I'll probably just take off. No, this church thing is really special. Paul suffered for it, and Christ died for it. Well, I'm just alone. No, the mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Maybe somebody besides Jesus has the answers. No, all wisdom and knowledge are found in him. Well, my faith's really been challenged. Live in him, stand firm. Well, I'm wondering if maybe these mindsets and culture right now, I should just begin to kind of let them creep in and take over. No, we keep on clinging to the truth. Next week, we're going to dive into a whole lot. We're going to talk about some of those warning signs for those different rabbit holes we can begin to run into and chase and find ourselves stuck in. We're going to talk about what it looks like to really live in the freedom that God's given us, and we're going to celebrate the power of God at work in our lives. But this week, I would just encourage you, as lies assault your mind, cling to truth. As lies assault your mind, cling to truth. Don't let them get anywhere. And the scriptures say we can take every thought captive, right? And we always talk about in the purity series. Don't look at pornography. Take every thought captive. Don't allow impure things to run through your head. Take every thought captive. Great, wonderful, necessary. But did you know that that same truth applies to just simple lies that we believe? Take it captive. Don't let it run. Stop it right where it is. And you replace that with the truth. Yesterday and Friday, we celebrated... Todd Miller's life. Todd was an awesome part of our church for probably 10 years or so. And Todd was the guy who many of you might recognize as the one who would walk up to the front every day and sit in the front row and take out his Bible and take out his journal and he wore his little cap. And we celebrated Todd. And Friday night, the room was packed out. Yesterday, many came back and, and we talked about who Todd was and many shared stories. And you know, it was a common theme was that Todd went through so much. Todd's body was hurting him much of his life. He was on dialysis. He eventually had a kidney transplant just a few months ago. And every single time you saw Todd, you saw someone joyful and smiling. You would never know. Unless he somehow shared through a prayer request, which would take you saying, Todd, how you doing? How can I be praying for you? You would just never know because Todd was laughing and smiling and gentle and kind and, and the love of Jesus just, Jesus just flowed through his life. And you know, I think that Todd so clearly kept his mind rooted in truth. 
kept his heart rooted in truth. Because I'm sure like you and I, the, the same lies came at him. God's forsaken you in your suffering time. God's forgotten you. Maybe someone else has the answers. Maybe church isn't for you. Maybe the mindsets of what you've heard from all those around you, because the room was full of not just Christians. There were a lot of people there that didn't know Jesus at all. Todd had tons of friends and tons of people constantly talking to him about all kinds of different things. And yet every Sunday he was here with his Bible open and his journal open, taking notes because he knew that the truth was what he needed to cling to. The same is true for you, true for me. When lies assault your mind, cling to the truth. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, there is an amazing Savior who got on a cross and nailed along with him for all your sins, past, present, and future. He canceled the legal charge against you and I that we would know forgiveness and know a relationship with him. If you want to put your trust in him today, I'd love for you to pray with me now. But this week, the lies come at us as they assault our minds. Let's cling to the truth. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. But you have made a way possible for us to cling to what is real and concrete. Thank you, Jesus, that the truth trumps it all, God. All of the emotions and all of the ups and downs and all of the things we feel and the philosophies and the human mindsets and the worldviews all around us, I thank you that your truth just keeps on standing. And I pray as your followers that we will cling to that truth. I pray for the person in the room that feels forsaken by you. Show them, God. Let it not just be my words, but show them that you're with them in the midst of the suffering. And God, we pray you'll take that suffering from them. Would you heal powerfully? Would you deliver powerfully, God? Come through, Lord. I pray for the person that feels that church isn't so special and maybe not even worth coming anymore. Go, God, would you remind them what you gave so that we could be here together doing this. God, would you take them deeper in community? Would you let us truly be there for one another? If there's hurt, let healing come. If there's offense, let reconciliation come. For the person, God, who just feels completely alone, oh God, would you surround them in a fresh way and may we surround them in a fresh way the person ready to look elsewhere maybe Jesus doesn't have the answers oh God show them you hold all wisdom and knowledge and for the person God who's just ready to walk away from their faith or ready to embrace the mindsets of the culture around us God may we live in you and cling to you if you're not a follower of Jesus would you pray with me now if you want to put your trust in Jesus you could just say something like this Jesus thank you for dying for me thank you that you got on that cross and on that cross came all of my sin so that the legal charges could be canceled against me and I could walk in forgiveness and grace. Jesus, show me how close you are. Show me that you walk with me in my suffering. Show me that you care. Show me the wisdom and knowledge that you offer. And I thank you for this gift of salvation.